Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. My guest on the podcast today is voiceover artist Paul Rose, who, alongside his voiceover business, also helps other business people with presentation skills and nailing that all-important elevator pitch. If that's something that you'd like help with, then details of how to get in touch with Paul will be in the show notes. So, hi, Paul. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. Pleasure. Great to be here. Now, Paul, you and I have met through networking, so I know it's something that you do for your business. But how long have you been doing networking and what made you start in the first place? Oh, that's a three-pronged question, if you will. Uh, Networking for me actually started way back, uh, well, I say about 2002, uh, but I was working in a different field at the time. I was actually working in promotional merchandise. Uh, My boss was a very active member of his local BNI chapter. Um, For those people not familiar with how BNI works, it's a weekly meeting, but if you're not able to actually make it, you do need to send in a sub. You have to maintain some visibility in the network at all times. So he couldn't make a meeting, asked if I would go along and sub, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, And it got to a point where I was subbing so often that I think eventually the chapter forgot that he was the member and I was the (laughs) sub. So I just said, look, why don't you just let me take this over, Uh, which he did. uh, And uh, within a few years, I had started to develop a particular aspect of my voiceover business, which was the production of of hold music and, and messages. I was working with a lot of small businesses on their telephone systems. So I decided to market that within the BNI chapter as, uh, for want of a much better phrase, a side hustle. I hate the expression, but everyone knows what I mean. Uh, So I marketed that and I got a lot of inquiries very, very quickly. So it got to a point when I told myself, should I ever go full-time voiceover, which was still seven years into the future, that networking would form a vital part of my marketing strategy. So when I did finally hang up the nine to five and go on my own, it was one of the first things that I did. But I tried it from a different angle. I tried it from the perspective of just being a voiceover artist. And in and of itself, that was very rare. In fact, I was the only voiceover artist in BNI in the UK. And I think there's only like six in the entire world that choose to do it. But looking to now and the other networks that are available and the fact that so much more of it has gone virtual, there's a lot more of us trying it because we know that it works. Uh, So that's what I just continue to do. Yeah, yeah. Same here, really. And so what what do you find that it does for your business? Uh, Obviously, it um, it leads to leads for your business. But what else do you get out of it? Well, there's the uh, the opportunity to speak to real living, breathing people outside (laughs) of my own studio, which is such a rare treat. Uh, as you know, we, you know, we are given money to spend all day in a room talking to ourselves, uh, often with no natural light in my case. I work in my loft. So, uh, you know, the opportunity to actually get out there and see people. But these people are your sales force. And these are the people that recognise that it's really not that often that someone is going to say, I need a voiceover. So they have to be a little bit more creative in their thinking. Uh, but they might very well phone up one of their clients and hear that their telephone greeting is just horrible and can say look I know someone that can actually make that sound so much better for you and these people haven't thought about it so it's about creating opportunities where people didn't think they existed before it's very very easy to 
get into the whole networking realm and try and be reactive. Wait for the inquiries to come to you. That's a mistake. You have to create the opportunity. You have to educate the people in the room as to what you can do to help them, to assist their out-of-the-box thinking to start creating those referrals for you. So they are my sales force and I don't have to pay them anything until such time as they get me some work. And even then, you know, it's just a thank you. You know, they were sales force that, that work on no commission. They are the, the cheapest form of labour that you could hope for. Uh, but you have to reward them and compensate them, if you will, by finding them work too. It works both ways. If you get that balance just right, it can work wonders for you. Exactly. I think what goes around comes around, doesn't it? Quite so. It's, you know, it, it is the BNI philosophy of givers gain, which um, I, when I first got into it, I thought, well, that's a bit of a cliche. That's their cult catchphrase. They get everyone saying it. But it's a philosophy I really have come to live by, that I, I make a point in any networking organisation of, of trying to give so much more than trying to take. Uh, and it's, it, it works if you're a believer in karma, and I very much am. It, it really does work that way. The more I give, the more I get out of it. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of nice from a, from a philosophical standpoint to not be constantly going into a sales environment thinking, right, who can I get money from today? Yeah. Or who's going to buy some stuff from me? You know, don't, don't pitch up and, and sell to the room. No one wants to talk to that guy. But if you're the person that, oh, I'd like to help your business with this and your business with that, and you're giving to them, it'll just, it comes back to you tenfold. Uh, it's just a nicer way to think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know that within BNI, you can only have one person from each kind of industry in the room, mm. but there are other networks where that, that's not the case. And in fact, you know, you and I have been in the same networking room at the same time. Indeed. And I, th I think some people think, oh, you know, that, that's a bad thing if there's another one of me in the room. W what would you say to those people? does depend on the industry. Uh, certainly, you know, if, if you talk about voiceover, I would, uh, even when I was in BNI, if a female voiceover artist, if you had applied to my chapter, I would have welcomed you with open arms. Because how often are you going to be looking at a project where they require a male voiceover? Yep. And go, right, I know someone. You know, I've passed so much work to female voiceovers, uh, not because I'm bitterly told, oh, well, they really don't want you if you've got anyone else. They're looking for a lady. Mm -hmm. okay, I know someone. Here you go. This person will be great for you. Not just by virtue of the fact that you know them and they're female. They still have to be right for the job, which is why I'm sure, like you, I've got a, a library of fellow voiceovers that I know are right for particular things. Yes. And I'm happy to put them forward. And I'd like to think that my recommendation carries some weight. So... There's certainly no issue there. But looking at, at other industries, uh, people swap stories. You know, there, there are some industries where if two people competing are in the same room, then sparks fly in a very negative way. Mm. And it's horrible. You know, I, I used to work in recruitment. And if you go to a trade show, woe betide you even set foot near someone else's stand and they just, you know, daggers come out. And it was just really, really nasty. And then I started working promotional merchandise where, again, we're all competitors but we're all friends mm. and we'll get on. We, we just recognise it's a very, very, very large pie. We can all enjoy a slice of it. There's no need to be nasty and vitriolic and try and slag each other off to try and rise to the top. It's just not how business works. You're better off comparing and sharing stories and helping each other. Yeah. I, I've been to one 4N meeting. I think there were five utility warehouse distributors in the room. But each one of them had a different aspect of the business that they were happy to share with the people. Now, ultimately, if you were new into that room and thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind switching utilities, 
Sure, you're going to pick one of them. And then it just comes down to personality. Mm -hmm. People buy from people. So ultimately, I've no issue with people sharing. I know 4N, you know, 4N really do make a point of saying not only uh, do people from the same industry share the network, but they're encouraged to do so. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I, I do see the value in locking people out, but I also think that that could be perceived by many as a marketing strategy. You come to a fantastic meeting and you're being told, look, if you don't buy the seat, someone else will. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's kind of a way to get you to sign up nice and quickly. Whereas the 4N way is just a little bit more laid back, a little bit more gentle to say, what did you think? Would you like to be a part of it? I can see you doing well here. But I think it's also very, very important that you have someone within the network who takes a look at your business and every once in a while thinks, this is not for you. I mean, this is, you know, this won't work for you. And, and has the guts to say so. Yeah. Because, they, you know, too many networking organisations will say, well, we don't take just anyone. No, as long as your check clears, yes, they will take you. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's not how it should be done. They should be thinking, you know what? I don't think that you're going to be able to bring enough to the table. I don't think enough people are going to get what you do. Because uh, let's, let's face it, there are some people out there who've got some very, very weird and wonderful jobs. But from a business networking perspective, you think, but I don't, I don't get it. How yes. am I supposed to share what you do? Which is probably something we're going to come on to talk about, yeah. you know, how to present a business better. Uh, but I, I think that they need to be honest. They need to say, this won't work. And that's a very, very small percentage of the business world for whom networking won't work. Uh, but, but they are out there. And I think it's important to acknowledge them. Yeah. Yeah, so let's come on to uh, what you just alluded to. Um, at many networking meetings, you get the opportunity to um, to pitch your business, to to tell the room about who you are, what you do, and, and the people that you're looking for. So how important is getting that right? It is vital. It, it, is, it is the lifeblood of your marketing message. Uh, your 60-second or 40-second in 4N pitch, um, that's your advert. Now, if you are running a business where you regularly pay copywriters, buy media space, do whatever you need to do to attract business, then you are most likely spending tens of thousands of pounds per year on getting that message right. Why on earth would you cut corners when it came to your presentation in a networking environment? There are many networking meetings that argue that this is the most important business meeting of the week. Certainly that's what BNI suggest. If you've got 50 people in a room and you are pitching to them, and I, I put the word pitching in massive air quotes, which never works on a podcast. <laughs> we need to think of a way to actually vocalise that. But, you know, you're not pitching to 50 people. You're, you're pitching to their networks. You're pitching to the other 5,000 people that each of them yeah. know. So technically you're talking to 250,000 people and you've got 60 seconds to do it. So... Good God, get it right. It's, it's vital. Um, I've seen, <clears throat> I mean, this is how my, my, my other business really took off. Uh, I've seen too many people come in and fluff it to the point where they're either just a little bit boring so that people just switch off. Or what's worse is they have a message which is so convoluted and confusing that people think, mm, you know, no one's, no one's really going to take the time to try and translate what you do into simple to understand terms. They either get it or they don't. Because not only are they listening to everyone else's presentation, but they're also thinking about doing their own as well. Mm -hmm. So if they haven't had their turn yet, 
their focus is very, very much on making sure they do a good job. So you've got to grab their attention. Uh, but I think the biggest mistake that people make is trying to actually close within 60 seconds. That's not what a presentation is. It's meant to open a conversation to the point where other people in the room are thinking, I need to know more about what that person does. I think there could be an opportunity for us to work together. I need to understand more. Can we book a one-to-one? And that's where the magic happens, in the one-to-one meeting. Yeah. So you get the presentation right, the rest will follow. Yeah. I must admit, I, I've sat and listened to some people 60 seconds, and at the end, I'm none the wiser as to what it is they do. Mm. And in fact, I can think of people that I've been to several meetings with, and I've heard them give the 60 seconds more than once, and I still don't understand what they do. So yeah. what would your, your top tips be for, for getting that right? Well, you've, you've actually hit the nail on the head, uh, and this is something that I, I talk about quite often. And uh, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. But <laughs> have you made a point of actually telling that person, I don't get what you do? No, I haven't. Aha. There's the, <laughs> and I and probably see, should. <laughs> and No, you absolutely should. And it's not from a selfish perspective. It's actually for the good of the network. Mm. Now, think about this conversation from, from their perspective. Imagine if I actually came up to you. right? And I, there's, there's two ways of doing it. Okay, first is... I just, every time you, you open your mouth to speak in a meeting, I don't bother listening. I've gotten to a point where I think, oh, there's that Liz woman. That's something to do with talking. And, and that's it. I'm done. Right? There's no business coming your way. Or I come up to you and I say, I say come up to you, it's virtual. I approach you in some <laughs> virtual way. Uh, I still, I, my, my brain is still in the physical world. I, I long for it. But I come up to you and I say, Liz, I've been listening to you speak in these meetings for a couple of weeks now. I've got to be honest. I don't really understand what you do. More importantly, I don't know how I can help you. Yes. Could we have a conversation about that so I could get a better understanding so I could introduce you to a few more people? How's that going to make you feel? Yeah, I you think know? you're right. at the end of the day, it is about helping other people, isn't it? Exactly right. There is, there is absolutely no shame in saying to someone, I don't understand what you do, but more importantly, I really want to. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could switch off. Anyone could switch off. It's not difficult to just switch off your attention for 60 seconds. But you are, you're doing a disservice to a great number of people. The most important is that it's the rest of the network. Because you know, I'm very, very fortunate. You know, I, I'm a presenter by trade. You know, when I give a 60 seconds, people, I'd like to think, are genuinely engaged. When I substitute for other people, I regularly get rounds of applause. I'm, you know, <laughs> at the risk of blowing my own trumpet, I'm good at it. You know, yeah. I've built a business as a result. But I often hear the very, a, a very, very similar response after I've gone. The next person goes, Whew, well, how do I follow that? Yes. I'll tell you how really, really easily. Because if someone has actually warmed up the crowd and put them in a receptive mm -hmm. mode, then your job is really, really simple. The person you don't want to follow is the opposite of that. The person who actually confused the room or worse, bored them to such a point where their listening has dropped to zero. You're not going to get those people. So by being a poor presenter, you're not only ruining it for yourself, but you're ruining it for the person that goes after you. And that's actually going to make the whole energy of the meeting drop. Mm. Now, what if you were a visitor? What if you were coming to that meeting for the first time? Someone has said, hey, come to a 4 end meeting. It's lots of fun. You get to meet loads of people. Great opportunity for you to do business. And yet they come along and it's, bleh, it's just a bit flat. 
because no one said anything to that one person who with just a little bit of education, a little bit of training, could become so much more energised and energising as a result that visitors join. And when visitors join, they bring more business into the room. The network grows. Without new lifeblood coming into a network, it plateaus and then it starts to atrophy. You've got to have new people coming in. And if you've got a boring meeting with people who don't know how to present or just doing a poor job of it, then ultimately your chapter will disappear. I've seen it happen and it's such a tragedy because all you have to do is say to that one person, I'd like to see if I can help you or I know someone that can. You should tell them. So let, let's go to the other end of the, um, the spectrum now. What are some of the best pitches that you've heard? Oh, so many. Um... It's, it's, it's really, really difficult to, to try and highlight any one individual. I, I do think there are, there are certain people that when they just try doing things a little bit different, when they try challenging the status quo, um, that people think, oh, that, that stays in the memory. I think comedy always works incredibly well. I think that if you can actually bring something in there. There's, there's one guy uh, from my BNI chapter, uh, always brings a guitar. <laughs> uh, always always brings a guitar um unless he chooses to strip um and he he he, he did do that once um he was told to not do that again uh, but no he was i've seen him actually come along as a substitute for other members and he will actually um re-lyricize a song to talk to sing about their business um, yeah, he, he stood in for me once and he actually did a version of Seal's Kiss from a Rose. And it's brilliant. <laughs> just, and he, and the, the fact is, he's a sub. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not a member. He's coming in there. But you, you're going to remember him. And every time we say, what was he singing about? Now, the danger is if you become too gimmicky, people might start to actually forget what you're actually yes. about. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to find that that balance between uh, between the two. Uh, I just think if you keep it simple enough that people understand it, but there's a there's a trick and it's really, really, really simple and you have to be a little bit cynical, but it works every time. Nobody cares what you do. That's what you have to remember. Mm. Nobody cares what you do and nobody's listening out for that. What they are listening out for is what you could do for them. Yes. So if you're in a position to actually say, I can make you more money. You know, that's what so many people do. You know, utility warehouse, I can save you money on your bills. Yeah. You know, it's coming to go, I've got access to some of the best tariffs. What? What? No, I can save you money. Oh, now you got my attention. Yes. What's all that about? It's about, you know, in the case of a voiceover, I could actually increase your company's turnover by 12% without doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. Now, would you like to know how to do that? Because I certainly would. If someone said, I can actually make your company 12% more turnover in the next year and you have to do nothing at all, someone's going to want to know what, what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. So it's um, so I hate to say what's the best pitch I ever heard. That one, because I wrote it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it was true. It, it was it, you, It's speaking to their purse. It's speaking to their motivation. The important thing, is that you have to recognise that if you are regularly attending the same meeting, which would be the case in, in BNI, obviously before N, you, you go to different meetings, mm -hmm. you, you fly around, you try different things, and you make one your home uh, and, and try different things. It's important to recognise that there are different values within the room. 
There are some people that want it good. There are some people that want it fast. And there are some people that want it cheap. Yeah. And they can have their choice of two, but never three. Yes. Um, so if you want to stand up and go, hi, I'm Liz and I'm a cheap voiceover. Swear words in our industry, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, then great. Maybe something. Oh, you know what? I couldn't afford a voiceover and now I can. I'm going to go and speak to her. Or... Hi, I'm Liz. I'm a voiceover. I'm known for turning around projects within 12 hours. So I'm thinking, oh, brilliant, because actually I needed someone. You know, I've got this thing that's been left to the last minute and I need it done really, really quickly. Then all of a sudden, the value you're speaking to is speed and not cost. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important to ensure that you have different pitches for each one of those three things. Sometimes be good, sometimes be fast, sometimes be cheap. Or a combination of two, but never try and be a combination of three because then you're giving them too much information and it'll backfire. They won't know what you're talking about. They won't know where to pigeonhole you. And that's what people want to do. They want to pigeonhole you. So, you know, find find the square hole and be the square peg. So I know that one part of your business, Paul, is, is helping other people to get their pitch right. So mm. what, what is it that you can do for people? Well, in the first instance, we take a look at how they're pitching at the moment uh, and look at the, for want of a much better word, mistakes that they're making. Uh, they tend to fall into the same realm, either uh, they're listing too many things at once, uh, so saying, oh, I could do this and this and this and this and this, which, in which case people are switching off. Perhaps their delivery could use a little bit of work. So there are two aspects to look at. One is the content in and of itself, and the other is the delivery. Some people are just not natural public speakers. But it's important to bear in mind that that's actually not as big a barrier as people might think it is. Uh, now, in the case of someone like you and I, of course, it's massive. If we come into him and go, hello, uh, I do talking for a living, um, then maybe not. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not, not so good. So obviously our voice is our brand. But if you're an accountant, I don't need you to be a good public speaker. My accountant is not particularly good at public speaking. He has a go, but he's not great. But good Lord, he saves me a lot in tax every year. Legally, mm -hmm. I want to point that out. I don't have an offshore account. Uh, but the point is that he's very good at what he does. So I don't need him to be a good public speaker. I need him to be a good accountant. And I need him to communicate that. So very often, I'll, let, let's take the example of accountants. I think it's a good way to go that they'll come in and say, well, you know, I can do this or I can help you look at this and help you look at that. And I can help, I can help, I can help. They use those words. Now, take a look at my accountant who week in, week out would come into the BNI meeting and he would say, I've been working with client X. His tax bill was going to be this. And now, thanks to us, it's going to be this. And it's a £30,000 less. Now, all of a sudden, I don't care how you did it. Yeah. But there's only one question in my mind. Could you do it for me? Yes. And then you have that meeting, find out that, yes, he can. And, uh, you know, I'd, like, I'd love a £30,000 tax bill. It means my business is doing incredibly well. Not quite there yet. But that's what he does for me. On a yearly basis, he saves me a fortune in tax. I don't need the ins and outs of it. But you get some accountants who come into a room and they go into exquisite detail about the relationship they've got with the HMRC. And the bottom line is nobody cares. Mm -hmm. They really don't care. So what I do is I get right to the heart of what it is they can do for the people in the room and get rid of the noise. There's so much noise. Now, what's interesting is that when you start working on the content and you start crystallizing a message that they could deliver, not necessarily in 40 seconds, do right, you could do it in 10, which is 
what I teach in my workshops, I teach people you can actually get a good message in eight seconds if you do it right. Then if you had come to me with issues surrounding your confidence in public speaking, those tend to start to ebb away because all of a sudden, rather than being terrified of standing in front of people, you are excited about this brand new message that you are desperate to share with people. You know, I've, I've, I do this thing and it's amazing and I want to tell you all about it. And you see this palpable change in people in, in an hour, by the way. I, I could work with people within a one hour coaching session or if I do group work, we do a two slash three. The last hour is, is open networking where people actually work together. And what I found is so powerful about that is that it's not me helping to create the content. It's other people in the room who might have quietly been sitting there thinking, I don't get what you do, much like we talked about at the beginning of yep. this chat, but has never had the confidence to say anything about it. And I create this safe space. We could say, why don't you go and tell them that you don't get it? And they do. And all of a sudden, this, this veil is lifted. This fog goes away because they can start working together to understand how to deliver a message that people understand. And I have seen people, Liz, come into my workshop and at the start we say, right, tell us what you're all about. And they're holding the back of a chair. They're looking at their shoes. And the one message that they're clearly delivering is, I just cannot wait for this 60 seconds <laughs> to be over. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Please let me die. And, that, and they're putting that out there. You can feel it. And then a couple of hours later, they are literally glowing. You can see it. They are so excited. They can't sleep that night because their meeting is the next morning and they just want to get in there and they're buzzing. And that's kind of why I do this, because being a part of that change, it's, it is really it is, it's very rewarding. You know, it, it puts it gets me buzzing to, to, to recognize that you've actually been a part of that, to to help people, to give back in that regard. Uh, and, you know, I just get so many people expressing their gratitude, uh, writing to me to say, oh, I've just tried this presentation. Would you what do you think of it? You know, these are people that I trained years ago that will still get in touch and say, just gave this presentation. What do you think? I think it went down really, really well. And I just say to them, did it go down really, really well? You, you said it did. Yeah. OK, well, listen, then it did. You don't need my validation each time. What you need is the validation of the network, but more importantly, you need people actually asking you questions. If all you're ever getting is a round of applause and no business, you're kind of missing the point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not about, ah, oh, tell you what, I love it when Paul stands up. He, he always makes me laugh. Great, but I didn't come here to do a stand-up gig. I came here to actually get your business. And if you're not referring people to me, then we need to have a conversation. And this comes back around so what I suggested to you at the beginning, when you could say to people, you know, how can I help you get more? It's also incumbent upon you if you are in a networking group and you don't feel you're getting something from a certain member to say to them, been here for a while now. Not really got to know you the way I'd like. And, you know, you've never really asked me anything about my business or talked about how we can help each other. Could we have a one to one to talk about that, but make it about them, not yeah. about you? Because the chances are, if they're not helping you, it's probably because you're not helping them either. Yeah. So find a way to meet them halfway and change that. Now, I get it. It's very, very likely that there'll be people in any networking group that you've just got nothing to talk to them about. There's no synergy there. 
in a room full of 50 people with so many different trades, there are going to be some with whom there is no synergy. Just bear in mind, you're not pitching to them. Yeah. You're pitching to their network. You, they have to understand what it is you do and what... Uh, because certainly within BNI, <clears throat> excuse me, within BNI, people are essentially graded on how many referrals they can bring into the group. If you can help them bring more referrals in, then you're helping their position in the network as well. Everybody wins just by offering to help people understand. Brilliant. So, Paul, if people, um, any of our, our listeners would like some help with uh, nailing their pitch, how can people get in touch with you? So many ways. The, the easiest way is going to be uh, via email. Uh, so you can send something to uh, inquiries at, uh, you know, it's about inquiries at pauljrose.com, inquiries at pauljrose.com. I do have a dedicated website for presenting skills. It's called my8seconds.com. That's my and then the number 8seconds.com, uh, where you can find out about one-to-one coaching or workshops. Uh, I deliver workshops into corporations, <clears throat> Or into entire networking chapters. Sometimes a BNI chapter will put one of my workshops on as a benefit to their members so they can all grow collectively. And those are always a lot of fun because they all know each other already. But it's so interesting that within a two hour period, people will talk about a particular aspect of their business. And you'll, you'll see certain people's you know, eyes light up and their eyebrows raise. And I'll always say, quick show of hands, how many people knew that they did that? Mm-hmm. And so few hands will go up. And yet they've known each other for over a year. You think, there you go. Yeah. Right there. You didn't know, did you? Um, create that space and incredible things can happen. Lovely. Thank you ever so much for chatting to us, Paul. And, uh, My pleasure. No doubt I'll see you on a networking meeting somewhere soon. I'm sure you will. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.